0: Yeah, so well good morning, each and every one of you, and blessings in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's been good to be here already. Good to uh hear some thoughts and the scriptures that was that was shared of running <clears throat> and uh pursuing and keeping on, keeping on, I guess. Um, the question um this morning I have is uh if uh <clears throat> If you could take love and put skin on it, what would it look like? That's a little out of ordinary maybe, but just that's that's a thought I want you to hold, I guess. If you took love and put skin on it, what would it look like? <clears throat> we'll answer that question maybe at the end here, if we can. Um, but it'd be interesting to hear your, your comments. <clears throat> and uh, I thought of Something that went well with this, just to give us a little bit of a... On the song we sang, 374, um, as we singing that, I was thinking, well, this is an example. This is good. Take my life and let it be, consecrated Lord to thee. Take my hands, let them move at the impulse of thy love. At the impulse of thy love. He talks about our hands. He talks about our feet. Let them be swift and beautiful. He talks about our lips. Um, and take my, take my love, take my will, um, everything about me. We read those words, and I thought, thought you know, what a testament that that song alone would be to putting skin on love, or what love would look like if it had skin over it. <clears throat> so um, I want to read, this is not maybe the the, um, the love chapter, I guess, a little bit. And then we're going to uh, share a little about that So if you want to uh, stand this morning And we're going to read uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1-8 It's not that we don't know this But we need to um, exercise ourselves a little bit here And refresh ourselves maybe And let's read this chapter Or read the first eight verses here 1 Corinthians chapter 13 I think maybe this is an analogy of what love would look like If it also had skin over it <clears throat> So it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profit me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vauneth not itself is not puffed up, doeth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they they shall fail, whether there be tongues, they shall cease, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. You may be seated. Um, so, in, uh, in this message, I guess, uh, just with that thought, <clears throat> um, I'm also going to turn to first read here in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, a few verses, verses 16 to 19. <clears throat> he tells us here in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16, says that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know the love of God of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. <clears throat> so being rooted and grounded in love, enables us to comprehend, you know, with the saints, the width, the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of God's love. God is love. You know, we, we hear this, um, and we know this, that He is love. So <clears throat> what does this look like to put skin over it? <clears throat> I also had to think, um, just backing up a little bit, you know, the verse that James shared there at the end, it also goes very well with um, the... With, uh, lost the thought there with the thought of uh, of the very first verse that we read you know if we if we don't have if I speak in tongues of men and, and angels and I know that you know um, I have easily can easily confess I failed this sometimes that the love that is within me the Christ that is within me doesn't come out like it should and I may sound like a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal you know from time to time um, it's not my, not my goal, not my vision, not my purpose, but uh, we all fail. And what James has shared there in, in his chapter is like, it's hard. Um, it's hard sometimes. Are we real? Are we just truthful and are we real of who we are? And can we be that from day to day? Um, thankfully that we have um, you know, confession you know, and forgiveness and Christ is still there for us each and every day of our life. But um, if, if, we, if we want to have um, an expression of, or understand, for us to understand, or if you say for a, ch- a I'm going to give an example just an illustration here. It's just made up, okay? But I think it's an illustration of what, how do we experience God's love? Um, it must be expressed somehow in the lives of one to another. There must be some tangible expression that we can see or experience in a very real way. You know, we can say God is love, but do we see it? Do we feel it? Do we experience it? And, uh, you know, there was, a, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you have experienced this. I think I can remember back enough to, to where I could, you know, you, could feel, you can feel this. <clears throat> um, Frightened by the clamor of thunder in the night, a little child cried out, holding her Holding her securely in his arms, her father explained that she didn't need to fear. It was going to be okay because God loves you and God was going to take care of her and he would love her very much. And she says, I know, I know he'll take care of me. I know that he loves me, she replied, but right now, daddy, I want someone with skin on to love me. You know, I need someone to to hold. I need that expression. I need that. I need that. Don't we all need that? You know, so we are to be God's love with skin on. Um, <clears throat> one John chapter four. There's a lot of verses in there, but <clears throat> but just reading verses eleven and twelve, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in in us. See, this little girl, she could experience, she could understand that God loved her, but she wanted to feel it. She wanted to see this expressed um, uh, from someone. She wanted to see it in action. No one has seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been, it says, perfected in us. That's a beautiful, um, you know, it's a beautiful picture. Here's another little illustration, I guess, that we can look at. Um, I didn't read this book, but it's called Living with Love. Josephine Roberts wrote it. Um, She tells this story. Um, I don't know what year it was, but a youthful clergyman by the Reverend with the name of Joe Roberts says he arrived by stagecoach in a blizzard to minister to the Indians in Wyoming. Um, this great wild area had been assigned to the Protestant church, from the, he was a Protestant, by President Grant. They said they should go there and minister to him. Soon after Joe Roberts arrived, the son of the chief was shot by a soldier in a brawl. The, and Chief Waskahake vowed that he would kill the first white man that he met. Since this might mean the start of a long and bloody feud, young Roberts decided to take action. Seeking out the teepee that Waski had lived in, 15 miles away, up in the mountains, he stood outside and he called the chief's name. When Washeki appeared, Roberts opened up his shirt. He said, I have heard your vow, he said, and I know that that the other white men have families, but I am alone, he says, kill me instead. This chief was amazed, and he motioned him to come into his tent. He says, how do you have so much courage, he asked. They had talked for hours. When Joe left, the chief of the, of the Shushones had renounced his vow to kill and resolved to become a Christian. While Siki had seen this love with skin on, and he saw it in action. So each and every one of us that call ourselves Christians um, would do well to decide what does it look like, how does it become visible within our homes, within our church, within our community, within the world. For unless it becomes visible, it's not love at all. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, verse uh, 16. Let's go, let's go back to this ver- this verse here, yeah, I, think I read this. <clears throat> um, it must be expressed, so the love of God is expressed not only as individuals, but through his body, through us that are here, through each and every one of us that are gathered together wherever we may be, um, you could say as a body of believers, as a church, and It says in, in, uh, in verse 16, it says that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened by His Spirit in the inner man. I, I missed a little bit. From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, it will cause growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. <clears throat> I read that wrong. I was in chapter 3 instead of chapter 4. <clears throat> okay. So, of whom the whole body joined and knit together. This is, a, this is an expression that goes out from a body of believers, and it causes growth of the body, and it edifies itself in love. <clears throat> the scripture speaks expressively of that a lot, of members having one body being knit together. Good relationship, godly relationships that are ruled and and conducted by the love of God. It is through this that the body is edifying itself. In Colossians 2, verses 2 and 3, tells us this, that that, that their hearts may be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures, and the wisdom, and the knowledge. In Ephesians 3, verse 19, And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. <clears throat> you know, I think a, a, a word that I thought of that, that c- comes, in, comes in play here that's that's negative in keeping us is like there's so much you could say in today's world. Um, I thought about when you asked what, what's a root of bitterness. Sometimes I thought of the word entitlement. It seems like sometimes it's like, you know, we feel like, why me, or why wasn't it me, or that we're entitled to, we have an entitlement to things, and that causes, can cause bitterness, or can cause a root of bitterness to grow up in us. And that's the opposite of what we just read here, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that we can be filled with the fullness of God. Also, the opposite of our hearts being knit together, um, our hearts being encouraged um, in, in God, in whom all In whom are hidden all the treasures and the wisdom and the knowledge of him. Colossians chapter 3, verses uh, 12 to 14. He tells us here, um, to put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of, perf- of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called, in one body and be ye thankful. <clears throat> we could go on there. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts unto the Lord. But whatsoever we do, we should do in word and deed to all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and Father by Him. So we can see that He asks us here above all things to put on, to put on charity. I know sometimes we look at that as a cloak or to put love on us. But um, the thought today that I wanted to continue was simply like, what does love look like if we put skin on it? <clears throat> Which is the, you know, love and charity is the bond of perfectness. <clears throat> the more that God's love can throw, flow through us from one, from one life to another or through our lives to one another, um, or even to those that don't know the love of God, the more his fullness will be experienced in our lives and in the lives of the body and also in the lives of those that we are we are surrounded with it will become a strong motivation factor in our lives if we think back to the you know the story of the of the indian chief there um you know the 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 the, the thing that he experienced the thing that he faced was the love of God coming from, um, coming from that um, young man that he would, from Roberts, you know, that he would lay his life down for the cause of that man's revenge. Even it was, you know, it was a revenge that he vowed to kill someone. Um, and he could not fight against that. You know, the, 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 the strength of that, what is more powerful than that? It broke down... It broke down the barriers in that man's life. It saved the life. It kept him from committing, you know, of committing murder. Um, nothing more, you know, powerful, you could say, than, than we see in that. <clears throat> so let that become a motivation or, a, a, you know, a motivating factor of, the love of God that is, you know, shed abroad by the Holy Ghost um, within our hearts. That uh, it can, it is the thing that is, that can face and defeat everything that the enemy can throw at us. <clears throat> so, um, Second Thessalonians. Chapter 1 tells us that Paul is writing this to them. Um, He says that we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. Uh, With a little different translation there in my print, but then the King James. But he, he was giving thanks that he could see that their faith was growing exceedingly and their faith was growing exceedingly because of the love that they had for one another and that it abounded towards each other. It was He could see that increase. <clears throat> um, so it needs to be a dominant factor in the body of Christ. Um, otherwise, we will shrivel up and become legalistic strongholds that might be kind of a strong word but that's what happens we simply become legalistic strongholds and have very little fruit that can bear from that at all if there if it's not the most dominant factor that we have and you know with that i had shared it's been a long time ago back in the amish church i think whatever simply one time of how how messy that loving your neighbor can be. And I tried to give a couple of you know, testimonies of that. <clears throat> um, is that a challenge? Love your neighbor as yourself, it says. And sometimes we try that and we do that and it becomes kind of messy. Um, and so the love with skin on, is it gonna be a thin skin or gonna be a thick skinned love? That's another thought I had. How how thick or thin is that skin that's holding that's surrounding the love that we have? Um, And we know that that that. It requires some. um, Flexibility and I don't know what the words to use, I guess, vulnerability, maybe. Um, It requires us also sometimes to remove any facades, you know, realities in our life. Um, if we are to honestly express that the true love that God is giving to us through our vessels, then it will re- require that we remove those, um, because love re- love demands that we be real, or or what is it? It won't have any power if it's not real. Put it like that. Love demands that we be real with each other, <clears throat> and First uh, Peter. Chapter One. Um. Oh, sorry, I was on Second Peter. Change on First Peter, Chapter One, verse seven. Verse 22, it says, Seeing then, seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. <clears throat> he goes on, he says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, we read of that, you know, is it corruptible or incorruptible today, but of the incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. I'll just finish that. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. And the grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So, you know, again, the word of God, and God is love. And how is the gospel preached? Except it's by demonstration, by example, and by having skin on it. If we go back to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, that says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on your tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. <clears throat> so are we willing to be tender, humble, meek, kind? Or does our pride and uh, entitlement and ego and Everything else that goes with that, I guess, does it keep us from expressing God's love to one another? Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Starting in verse 9, he tells us here to let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another, with brotherly love, and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in, their, in your own conceits. And then he, you know, he goes on about, let, you could say like that Indian chief was going to have revenge, but he tells us here to recompense no man to no man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of all men, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. I think that would be a place where bitterness creeps into our lives. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Um, Therefore if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. So I'd, I think of that. those verses there, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Just read, was reading a, a book, almost finished with it. The story of a, a police officer in Benton Harbor, true story, um, Benton Harbor, Michigan, where um, a lot of fruit is growing, it, but it's a small town and it's very, very uh, drug infested. And this cop would, he would plant. He was also, he was a dirty cop, bottom line. He would arrest people and get uh, search warrants for him by not having a search warrant, okay, but he would say that he found something or he smelled something or he had a reason to, and he put he put, an innocent, he put an innocent man in prison, federal prison for like ten years. And just that coming together, that guy the guy that he put in prison wanted to do nothing when he gets out but to kill him, literally he, he, and at some point in time. If God would have not, if he would have not had um, heard the voice of God and found the Lord while he was in prison. And there's only a couple things that God kept repeating to him. And it was, let it go. Let it go. He would hear that over and over in his mind. Till it became a reality and they're reconciled today. Serving in a church. Serving people and showing them that forgiveness is, can be possible under the very, you could say, unfair, um, horrible circumstances that he got put away. You know, he was just like, he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. But this cop put him away because he falsified documents, he lied in testimony, and he, convinced, he, he, he convicted an innocent man. <clears throat> You know, supposedly, the law is supposed to be the other way. You know, you're, you're, you are innocent unless proven guilty. Here it was like everybody, and he put lots of people away. Most of them end up being guilty to some extent, but this man was not. You know, he, he proved them guilty before they ever had a chance to prove their innocence. You know, over and over. Um, just thinking of that, God told that man, let it go, vengeance is mine. I will repay. You know, so that's, that's another way that we can say, um love is has skin on it by forgiving to that to that extent let it go um, live peaceably with all men as he tells us there as we read this morning yeah <clears throat> if our enemy hungers feed him if he thirsts, uh, give him to drink in so doing we can heap coals of fire on his head <clears throat> so let us be kindly affectionate one to another with, with brotherly love honor in honor, giving preference to one another. <clears throat> um, C.S. Lewis says this: "To love anything, or to love something, to express love is to make yourself vulnerable." It is. Love anything, and your heart is certainly going to be going to be wrung and possibly broken. You know, if you want to make sure that you can keep that intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. How many of these people's hearts have been broken over a pet or an animal that has that's passed on? You know, you. So if you don't want this to happen, if you think you can protect it to no end that you'll never be, you'll ne- never be broken, then you just have to. Not share it with anyone, not share anything with anyone. Keep it intact. Wrap it up. (coughs) Just the example that was given here. Surround it. Um, Wrap it up carefully. uh, Round about with your hobbies, with your luxuries. Uh, Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up in a safe or in a casket or a coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, in that safe, dark, motionless, airless space, that heart that you have that put in there, it will still change. And you know what it's going to change to? This is the negative part of not of not loving anything. It will change. Um, it will it will not be broken. It it will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and it will become irredeemable. <clears throat> There's only one place. You know, I don't use this word much but I think it's 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 needful for, for us to understand um, there's only one place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the danger of love do I have to name it there's two places right heaven or hell so if you want to be perfectly safe from any danger of love then it will be in hell <clears throat> so let's not you know that's the that's an illustration of being um, of letting your heart become hard um, dark you know impenetrable but if but we just need to understand that we want to and when we do it's okay to have a broken heart from time to time it's okay to be you know that we experience those things because it's also an evidence that love is in action if without it it would never happen <clears throat> Let's go back. I'm going to read another version of it. Just turn back with me to 1 Corinthians 13. Let's go through this a little slower. It says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. <clears throat> the thing that I just shared with you about a heart that doesn't share that is what, is it, what does it look like? I have become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy, and I would understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but if it would not be done in love, I, ha- I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing." You know, it's like that example of, of the guy going to the Indian chief, you know, if that would have not been done in love, he probably would have just came out and killed him if the sincerity was not there, you know. But it was, it, and it profited him greatly. So he tells us simply that love, what does it do? It suffers long, it's kind. Also tells us that love does not envy. It tells us that love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up it doesn't behave rudely it does not seek its own it's not easily provoked it's not provoked it thinks no evil it doesn't rejoice in the sins of others it doesn't rejoice in iniquity but it rejoices in knowing the truth it bears all things it believes all things it hopes all things And it endures all things. And it never fails. So if the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, and if the kingdom of God is within us, as as the word of God tells us, then all this flesh and all this bone that makes up our bodies is to house that, is to surround it. Is ha- all, this, all this flesh and all this bone and all that makes up of our, you could say, our physical body that we have that we see is the house, the love of God, then can we all be <clears throat> that love that has skin on it to the world around us and as the perfect example that Christ was that we have to follow um, was to us or is to us as our perfect example. Um, <clears throat> so another thing, let's just re- rephrasing, uh, rephrasing uh, Corinthians 13 there a little bit, and giving you uh, both perspectives. So love is slow to suspect and it's quick, but it's quick to trust. It's slow to condemn, but it's quick to justify. It's slow to be offended, but it's quick to defend. Slow to be reprimanded, but it's quick to forbear. It's slow to belittle, it's quick to appreciate. It's slow to demand, but it's quick to give. Slow to be provoked, but it's quick to reconciliate. Slow to anger, but quick to help. Slow to resent, but quick to give. And it never fails. So to answer the question, what does love look like with skin on? I want you all to go look in the mirror when you get home. It's you, it's me, it's each and every one of us here can be that love with skin on it. It's everyone who loves the Lord with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul and wants to see that love be spread spread abroad unto the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Um, I was going to just name the people in here, you know, I wanted to, but you know all your own names, so I think that's my answer. And uh, I'm open for sharing your testimony or hear your thoughts of what, what it looks like to you.